to you. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. I want to read that scripture to you. It's Deuteronomy chapter 8. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is to this day. You know, this message is not about obtaining wealth necessarily, but, uh, but we should expect to be wealthy because the Word of God says. And no matter what we see with our natural eyes, how many of you with your natural eyes, it looks like there are needs financially in any other way? But the Word of God says that we have been given all of the promises of God, supposedly, not supposedly, but uh, 30,000 promises in that Bible. We stand on the promises, and we line ourselves up. And I keep getting that word constantly, uh, inheritance, inheritance, inheritance. And I told Pam one day, I said, I, I don't know what's happening, but I keep hearing God speaking to me that there's a big inheritance coming. Now, my family is all up in heaven, so I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're printing money up there for me or something. I don't know. But, but uh, I stand upon that word because that word doesn't scare me like the devil tries to do. That's a very pleasant word. Yeah. You're going to have... How many of you have been getting some words from somewhere that seem to line up with the word of God? They feel good, but you haven't seen it yet. Mm -hmm. Start seeing it with your spiritual eyes because that's really where God wants us to live our life. We may not see it with our natural eyes, but with our spiritual eyes we can see it. I'm going to have an inheritance, honey. Yes, you are. Yeah. I'm going to spend it. You're going to spend it? <laughs> <laughs> on good things. On good, good things. Hey, let me, let me just share this just for a moment here. Uh, Donna was telling me that she was listening to Glenn Beck today and that uh, a lady, we, we have worked with the Vineyard Church in Mishawaka from time to time, and we've always believed there'd be a large contingency of churches, people working with Pastor Stanley and helping over there. And uh, a lady who just got back from the Dreamland Children's Home called in and got through to Glenn Beck. They were talking about the new movie, I think, with Reith Reese Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Uh -huh. uh, I forget the name the of the movie. Oh. It's about the Lost Boys of the Sudan. Yeah. I've read several books about those boys. The Good Lie, L-I-E. It's what? The Good Lie. The Good Lie. Uh -huh. The Good Lie. And uh, matter of fact, I even had lunch one day with one of the uh, one of the boys from the South Sudan who was part of that group. There were hundreds of thousands of them that that were just lost and living on the land, little young children. I don't know what the movie's going to be about, but I'm believing it's going to bring attention to the South Sudan. But uh, they had just shared in, and Glenn Beck had let them share and uh, about just being in the South Sudan. Pastor Stanley sends his blessings to all of you. I just talked with him yesterday, and all is going well over there. And uh, you ready to minister with me, my dear? Yes. You know, I was listening to Brother Roberts today. Have you ever gone to look for something, and then you find something, and then you go to something else? And, and uh, how many of you remember that song, something good is going to happen to you, happen to you this very day? Well, it's because Jesus of Nazareth is passing your way is the end of that. And that was on Brother Robert's show for years. And um, so at the end of it, they sang it. And then there was Brother Roberts. So I sat in the park for today for about an hour and listened to Brother Roberts preach to me on miracles. Everybody say miracles. I thought it was very good. He said, if you have a pastor who doesn't believe in miracles, you need to leave and get you a pastor who believes in miracles. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because he said, miracles are coming all the time. Yeah. It's just, will you step out and get that miracle 
that God has for you, because if we're not aware of them, we miss them. Of course, he talked about blind Bartimaeus and how he yelled and cried out for Jesus. And he said all the other people were following Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus couldn't follow Jesus, but he heard about Jesus. And when he heard he was coming, he began to cry out for him because Jesus of Nazareth was coming his way. And uh, you can be a follower. You can, you, you can watch Jesus. You can do all those things. But you have to go after those miracles that he has provided. You have to go after those things. And as I was listening to that, um, it really encouraged me because sometimes just get busy doing whatever you're doing and you forget. He said you have to be specific and tell God, what is it? Because that's what Jesus said that day to that blind Bartimaeus. He says, what is it that you want me to do for you? And so I encourage all of you, you know, what is it you want God to do for you? What are you expecting? If you're not expecting to be blessed, he said, you can, you can expect to be blessed, but you're not specific. He said, you'll notice you don't know when you got blessed. But if you're specific and you receive it, you know that God did it. Hey, you know, that made me think of a song uh, that we used to sing here uh, off and on. Could, maybe we could sing it Sunday. Uh, I anticipate the inevitable supernatural intervention of God. I expect a miracle. You, and how many of you remember that song? It's been a long time, three of you. It's been obviously it's been a long time since we've done that. Can we do it? Well, we'll try. Sure. We'll try. We what do you think, Jennifer? Do you know the song? No. Brad, I don't do you know the song? She's never done it. You will. <laughs> If you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 16, and as we're praying uh, over this message, uh, how, how many of you realize that the only real challenge you have on this earth sits between your ears, or at least it should? <laughs> You may be you may be wired differently, <laughs> but your mind is, I believe, my experience dictates my mind is my biggest problem. If my mind's right, I'm going to be right, and if I'm focused where God wants me to be focused, I'm going to be okay. And in Proverbs sixteen verse thirteen or verse three, we're going to read there in just a moment. But I asked Pam earlier years ago when we were at Victory. There was a lady who shared a story about the end times, and, and, and it would be difficult to find certain types of people. Would you share that? Yes, it was actually after we moved here uh, up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I was, I was asked to come to a women's conference, and I didn't know any of the other speakers. And this one woman, uh, at the time, she was, she was older than I was, but she said that the Lord had really revealed to her that in the last days, everybody say the last days, the hardest thing to find would be a stable Christian. A stable Christian, not Christians, but a stable Christian. And, uh, you know, at the time, uh, it, things weren't the way they are now. When we started this church way back 25 years ago, how many of you know, 25 years ago, things were a lot different than they are today. If you really go back and look at things that happened and look, look at where we are now, we have made a huge change in our nation, in the way people think, the way people perceive right and wrong, all those things. And so uh, at the time she said that, it kind of went, you know, like, oh, okay, fine. But I believe it. I believe that we are in a time where we are seeing things so rapidly change that we have to find our stability in what we believe, 
in what we think, and whatever we think is what we do. Uh, I got a call from Pam Evie this week, was uh, yes, day before yesterday, and she said, I'll be by to get a copy of Sunday's message, which was on, uh, you cannot avoid the fight. Everybody say, the fight of faith. She said, I'll be by to get that message because I was just uh, released from my position. They're making a change. They're consolidating, and I no longer have a job. But, she said, I'm just being positioned by God for what's next. Everybody say, thank God for the word. See, God deposits those words in us so that when those things come. Now, she still has bills. She still has all those things today that she had yesterday. Yesterday was her last day. She left there at 3.30, and, and now she's not unemployed because God has a place for her. But in the natural realm, she's unemployed. But there's a higher law. There's a higher authority. And so she's choosing to put her thoughts on what she heard on Sunday, what she's been hearing in the messages that my husband's been preaching on Sundays, that we are in the last days. And things are going to shift and change and shake, rattle and roll. However, everybody say, however, I am stable. I'm glad you shared that, honey, because, you know, your mind, how many of you realize from time to time you have a problem with your mind? You, you may think it's something that's coming against or into your mind, but really the problem is how you process it with your mind. So the problem is with your mind. If it's renewed, you're going to be okay. If it's not renewed, you're not going to be okay. And Pam will be an interesting study. I, I'm talking about Pam Evie. Because I believe she has the Word of God, and I believe you're an interesting study, I, too. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. <laughs> he just couldn't resist. I wouldn't have said it unless Bill O'Brien It was coming. Pointed. I saw Bill. He pointed. You were part Bill of the problem this time, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Incidentally, that beard makes you look really uh, like a professor. So I'm glad you're teaching VDI. So, that, if so that my wife doesn't feel all alone, just turn to that person next to you and say, you're an interesting study also. <laughs> <laughs> but... But now, I, I guarantee you this. I know this without a shadow of a doubt. It is the will of God to bless Pam Evie yes. and take her from glory to glory. Absolutely. With the natural eyes, it looks like a failure. With spiritual eyes, she's going from glory to glory. She's going to get promoted. What she thinks about it and how she holds on to her stability in the Lord will determine how successful she walks through this situation. And as she looks at different things, she will have to get her mind on the Word of God versus the bills and all of the other questions that come to you because basically you have two areas of thought. This is my personal opinion, but in looking at the Word of God and all, you have basically established thought and you have random thought. Your established thought, we're going to read about based on the Word of God. Your random thought are thoughts that just seem to come to you, and sometimes they line up with the Word of God, lash on to it, hold on to it, but sometimes they contradict the Word of God. And I know I'm jumping around here just a little bit here, but I gave Pam a, a test today and she passed it. So the contradiction of the Word of God is what we cannot do if we're going to be established in the Word. And if we're going to be established in the Word, we have to do what it says in Proverbs 16.3, which says, Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be 
established. And, uh, and when those thoughts come that are contrary to the word, they contradict the word and they start to say, well, yeah, but. Yeah, well, but. Let's not say, yeah, well, but. Yeah, well, but. Yeah, let's take that terminology and we're going to get rid of it. Turn to your neighbor and say, can it? It's not, yeah, well, but. It is the word of God says my mind is established and that settles the issue. And I turned to Pam today. We were talking about this message. And I said, I said, who was the first person who took a random thought contradicted the word of God and caused this whole mess. I didn't say that last well, part, did I? You just said, who was the first person? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, so you and didn't you give said, me any other hint, but I got said, it. Eve. And she said, you said Eve. Yes. When, the, when, the, when God gave Adam and Eve the word, told them exactly what to do, and then the devil came and did what? Did God really say? And she should have just said, yes, God said, because her mind would be established. Now, your mind has a lot of random thoughts that you should not be thinking. Turn to your neighbor and say, you came the right night. Your, your mind has a lot of random thoughts that you should not be thinking because you're not establishing it where it needs to be. Would you say amen to that? Amen. Okay. Yeah. So I want to make sure we're together on this. So what happens then is we get to the point when we stay focused on committing our works to the Lord. And if you study that out and in in, in research it out, it's talking about somebody that takes all of their natural pressures and rolls them over. Get rid of them. Get them off of you. Don't be thinking about them. They'll bog you down. And it even uses the example in the New King James uh, Spirit-filled as uh, what they were referring to is how a camel would dismount his load. And I thought it was really interesting. I'd never read it before. When the camel that would carry the heavy load would go down, it would go down on one knee and it would lean that one way and they would have already untied it. And then when the camel would lean, the entire load would roll off. All of the pressure on the camel, all of the weight on the camel would roll off. Psalms 37, 5, trust in the Lord, rest in him. Uh, We look at uh, uh, 1 Peter 5, 7, uh, uh, cast every care, which the word means distraction upon the Lord because he first cares for us. We were not made to carry stress, anxiety, doubt, or unbelief. And if our mind is established and we know what we believe and we live it, then we're going to have established thoughts which are order, ordain, enact, cause to be, bring about, cause to be accepted, and to prove. Let me see the hands of all the people who've ever had random thoughts. The word random, purposeless, haphazard. Purposeless, haphazard. In other words, what, what purposeless and ha- why would anybody intentionally think a purposeless, haphazard thought? Well, it isn't on purpose, but how many of you know that in the middle of the night, those really can get going? Purposeless, haphazard thoughts. And they kind of jump from thing to thing. Have you ever noticed how when the enemy in the night comes against your mind, it's just so uh, random in that it doesn't even connect. It's like, you know, this thought goes and then this thought goes and then this thought goes and then part of this thought's over here. Uh, that's, the random thoughts are meant to put us in a reasoning mode. Everybody say reasoning. And see, the things of God are not reasoned. They are heard by the Spirit of God. It says the Spirit of the Lord informs us of the plans of God. So random thoughts are just thoughts that the enemy, like fiery darts, 
are random thoughts. I had someone call me the other morning and said, you know, they were, they were fixed on where they were going, but on the way to somewhere they had a random, this was a good example of a random thought, because I said, well, did this thought bring peace, or did you get all upset and then try to figure out, is it God, is it not God, is it God, is, how, how many of you have ever been there? Random thoughts cause questioning and reasoning, and that's exactly what happened to Eve in the garden. She questioned, and then she reasoned. And then we ended up with the mess we're in. Do you believe you can get up in the morning and ask God what to think and he'll tell us what to think? Yes. I do too. How many of you believe that? Mm-hmm. And then we establish that as our thought pattern and we don't think anything else. Now, I know this is a really silly example, but it happened this morning to me. I went to McDonald's. I was going to get scrambled eggs and a cup of coffee. And I went through there and I thought, you know what? I'm kind of hungry here. And I thought, and, and I, thought I, I think I get three scrambled eggs. Now, I know this sounds silly, but, but it was contrary to what I had planned to do. Does that make sense to you? And so I got three scrambled eggs, a cup of coffee, ate one scrambled egg, realized I was full, and threw the other two scrambled eggs away. I, f- I realized I wasted two scrambled eggs and the money it cost to buy them because I contradicted what I originally planned to do with a new thought. Now, you're thinking, what the heck does that have to do with me? Probably nothing with scrambled eggs, but we many times contradict ourselves with what we know is the right thing to do by doing the thing we just entertained, and it's why did I entertain something that did not need to be entertained? Does that make sense to you? It makes sense to me. Yeah, I think in, in, in shopping, you know, you get in a store and you go for one thing, and then you see four others that have a big for sale sign on them, and so you, your random thoughts start thinking, well, I could need that. <laughs> so you buy that. I said to my mother the other day, Mom, you're not going to need to buy 24 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> uh, she said, but it's cheaper. I said, well, Mom, you don't have room for 24 rolls of toilet paper. See, it becomes a random thing. Random thinking can even look like it makes sense, but it is not what we need to do. And so when we, when we establish our thoughts with what God's quickening us to do, you know, God knows what's best. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't buy 24 rolls of toilet paper. Don't misunderstand me. Because Pastor Bill buys the largest 26, 46 package you can find, and there's two of us. Large and soft. Yes. <laughs> like they want to know. Hallelujah. But it, it isn't always a deal. Everybody say, it's not always a deal. I'm telling you, in the day we're living in, the marketing people know how to get us to have random thinking. And random thinking has caused Americans, I believe, to end up in huge amounts of debt. And, and under the guise of, it was on sale. It only costs this much. But when you add all those only cost up, the enemy, he wants to cause us to be in a poverty thought process. And people who buy randomly have a poverty thought process because God doesn't think like that. Does that make sense? If you can stay focused on the word of God, your thought life will become established. And the word of God has to do with the written word and what the current manna is for you each day and all day long. And the other day when I was sharing, we had a girl at the door who asked me, said, I don't really understand what you're saying when you say a prayer journal and write down what God is telling you. And I thought, you know, that was a very good question because sometimes we just take for granted that everybody understands what we're talking about. Every morning, 
sometimes I miss it, but I try every morning. Uh, I go out and I sit down. I say, God, I want to know what you want me to think today. And I sit down and I just begin to pray and to just begin to be silent before the Lord to write what I feel I'm hearing in my spirit. Does it make sense to you so far? Sometimes when I write, it's like, that doesn't line up with the Word of God. I did something wrong here because that is not God. But after a while, you start to get into a flow, and you realize what God is saying to you. This becomes your established thought life. This is who I am. This is what God wants me to know. And when you start to do that, you start to live that, and then that becomes your focus for the day, not all the things that are out there that seem insurmountable and that your mind has a tendency to vacillate sometimes. I mean, one moment, have you ever, <laughs> I think about, I'm, not, I'm trying to not use names here. It was the story I told you about. This young boy was talking to me. It's a true story. It's just, it, it is funny, but it's a true story. This young boy was talking to me, and, and, I, and I, I knew they had one bathroom for several children. And for some reason, the subject came up, and I said something about it, and said, yeah, that makes it a problem sometimes. And this boy was about 10 years old, and his sister was a little bit older, and, uh, and she was about three years older, four years older, and maybe older than that. And, uh, and, and I said, well, how does that work out with everybody, especially since, you know, you're a guy and a girl and all that? And he said, well, it just depends on what personality I wake up to for, in my sister. And he says she has multiple personalities. <laughs> A little guy talking to me says, "My sister has multiple personalities, and I never know which one's going to wake up." <laughs> and uh, you know, I, and I thought about that. Isn't that true for all of us? Sometimes, some of us are more consistent than others. But some people, it's like, "Whoa, you're not the person I went to bed with. What happened here?" And and I mean, it it can happen, but it's because of our mind. Everybody say our mind. Turn to, your, uh, turn to your image or something. It's not the situation or circumstance. It's not the situation. It's the way you process the situation or the circumstance. And what happens then is when we understand this message, we get focused. It says in Isaiah 55, for my thought, verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God, what do you want me to think? What is it that you want to show me? And then, ooh, that is good. I don't know if I want you to hear that. Hmm. Wow, go ahead, Pam. This is good. Oh. <laughs> That's what you call passing the mic to somebody really like everybody knows. Hallelujah. Well, what, what do you want me to do? Well, obviously nothing. <laughs> So in Isaiah 55, it says we get focused on the word and what God thinks. Yes. And, and sometimes when we do that, it's like, okay, what does the word of God say? And you know as well as I do, sometimes you can get, you can seem like you're not really compassionate about people. We are compassionate about people, yes. but you want to bring people back to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? Don't let your mind get unstable on you. Don't let your mind begin to get weird on you. Don't let your mind enter, entertain these random, purposeless, haphazard thoughts. I really love that definition, random, haphazardous. It's like, why are we thinking this? It's contrary to the Word of God. may not make you popular, but you'll be able to help somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say, my desire is to help people. My desire is to help you. And, and so one of the greatest leaders who ever lived was Joshua. And we know the scripture in this church. Yeah. I've quoted it countless times as you, <laughs> Joshua 1, 8, and 9. Just meditate the word of God. 
day and night, and you will have good success. You know, I think that um, when we purpose to keep our thought life in line with what God wants to do, he speaks to us even though we don't recognize it as God said this. Uh, An example of that was today I was texting Pam Evie, and I just texted her something, and I heard something good is going to happen to you. And I just text her that. But then it was like the Lord took that thought and began to direct me another way. You know, God puts thoughts in our head, in our heart. And when we connect with those thoughts, everybody say connect. I mean, when we connect and we don't let other things distract us and we just kind of follow him, he takes us down this path. And I know that he wanted me to hear that message of Brother Roberts. Now, that was a really old message. I mean, a long time ago at Rob Thompson's church up in um, in, up in Chicago. And I know because I, I know what Brother Roberts was talking about, and I know it happened a long time ago. But God, I just believe he directed me through my thoughts. Everybody say, through your thoughts. And sometimes, have you ever gotten someplace and thought, wow, that was, that was really amazing how God led me through that situation. And uh, I've had to say to people, just even this week, I said to one person that called, I said, well, you know, in my spirit, it's like, why are we thinking about that today? Because God has already said these things need to be done today. And if these things need to be done today, then those things really don't have to be thought about until we get through this. And once we get to the end of this, then God will show us what that is for that day. Uh, It says it's in uh, Matthew 6 where it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. I believe that's thoughts even of what we should be doing. And and the enemy wants to distract. That's what that word marimmo means. It's distractions. And that's what the enemy wants to do is distract us with these thoughts that are purposeless. They really have nothing to do with today. Everybody say today. And in that scripture, it says, don't take thought about the next day. There's enough In other words, I translate it, there's enough to do today that you need to know about. Don't be concerned about what you're going to have to know tomorrow. And yet, because we like to know. How many of you like to know? Maybe you're not like me, but I like to know. So I've had to learn that I don't need to know unless God tells me I need to know. Heather's laughing way back there. I know, because Heather's just like me. We communicate really good together. Oh, boy. But sometimes you don't know. Everybody say this. Sometimes you just don't know. But, but God has taught me over time that if I don't know, I don't need to know. Now, I might need to know five hours from now, but if I need to know, he's going to tell me. So I need to stay on the thing that I'm being told to stay on right then. And that way I'll complete what God wants to complete in that situation. That's a good word, honey. You will always know what God wants you to know if you listen to God. Everybody say, I'll always know. What God wants me to know. What he wants me to know. That's the most important thing. And that's what Joshua did. Now, this is my personal opinion because it doesn't say this in Scripture. You have to look at it and determine for yourself. I don't believe that Joshua necessarily heard the audible voice of God. I have never heard God's audible voice. Never. So when I say I hear God or what I've heard or all, I'm talking about an internal thought in my spirit. Do you all understand what I'm saying? In other words, you're just quiet before the Lord and these things are coming to you and they're starting to flow and they're starting to bear witness with your spirit and it bears witness with the word of God. And so you begin to write and you begin to let it flow and you let it flow and you let it flow. Think what it must have been like for Joshua to have been promoted 
He was an assistant to Moses. He probably thought Moses would live forever, but he didn't, and he was promoted. And then God told him, if you'll meditate my word of God day and night, you will always have good success. Only one time could we find out when he didn't do that and he listened to people instead of God. Let me see the hands of all the people who have ever done that. That's all I said. I can relate to Joshua. You don't listen to people. You listen to God. And, and, and what happened was in his first battle at Jericho, when I was praying about that this morning, it just, it was fascinating to me. I have seen it in a new light. What it must have been like, been like for these trained men of God who were fighters. They were fierce and they had loyalty to God and loyalty to Joshua. And they're going to go to Jericho and they're going to take the city. And they've been trained in all of the art of war. And then Joshua gets alone and quiet with God. And God says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tiptoe around the city. Now, it doesn't say that. I know that. But we're going to march around the city one time for six days. And we're going to line up like this. And we're not going to do anything but blow the trumpets and blow the shofar and all of that. But then on the seventh day, we're going to shout and all the walls are come down. Now, when we read that now, many, many years later after the fact, it's real easy to read it. But what must it have been like when Joshua was there with his pen, writing it down, and God was telling him and say, you said what, God? We're, I'm going to go out and tell all these guys we're just going to shout and all the walls come. They were so close to God, they believed everything God said. And the walls came down. The reason they saw miracles was because they believed in miracles. There's a difference between believing in miracles and wanting to see miracles. <laughs> Would you say amen to that? Amen. We all want to see miracles, but we all don't always believe in miracles because many times our mind kicks in and we say, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about you, but I'm going to inherit a lot of money. I believe I have a huge inheritance. Maybe it's not money. Maybe it's motorcycles. I don't know. But I have a big inheritance coming. I have a big inheritance coming. I put the money on there. God never told me I was going to have a lot of money. He said I'm going to have a big inheritance. Inheritance. So I don't know what that means. My inheritance is souls, he told me. Yeah. Yeah, souls, souls. He told me that. Yeah, souls and money. Because then we can go out and get more people. <laughs> well, it's going to take money to get those souls in here. We have visitors here tonight, don't they? I know what yeah. they're going to go home. They're going to go home and say, all they talk about is money. No, there's nothing wrong with having money as long as money doesn't have you. Well, we have a lot of, we have a lot of people who have a big needs. And we get, their, we get the mail and we know them and we know they're sincere. And we know they're doing good works for God. And we would love to be able to... To send them, what did I say the other day? Send a hundred thousand dollars or what, something. Uh, uh, oh, really? And Heather goes, huh? <laughs> I go, I got too many zeros, didn't I? On that, she said, well, I, I would love to be able to do that. I said, me too. Sister. We need ninety thousand dollars for Stanley. Okay. I, just yeah, just talk to him. We want to build a home right there by the Dreamland and make it a big place over there. Get him out of his mud hut where he lives right now. Thank God for it. Bring him out of there, and we got all finished and got the bottom line. It was ninety thousand dollars. I thought it was going to be about forty or fifty. It's ninety thousand dollars. If I had ninety thousand dollars, then we can do it. And that's why we need money. Turn to your neighbor and say, "There's nothing wrong with money." There's nothing wrong with money as long as money doesn't have that's you. That's right. Now. In Philippians 4.13, it says that, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and that no matter what we're facing, we can do it. God can work through us if we'll get in agreement with God. And God doesn't want to work for us. He wants us to work for him. And that when we do that, 
then he is, is, is he's never obligated from the standpoint to us, but whatever he tells us to do, he'll make it happen. He's obligated Th- to his word. Th- that's right. He's obligated to his word. And that when they shouted on the seventh day and the walls fell down, it was because they did what he said. If they hadn't done what he said, he could have done it a different way, but they did exactly what God said. And to the natural mind, that doesn't make sense, but they did it. It didn't make sense to Noah when God spoke to him and said, build an ark. Well, you you know, it hadn't even rained. You know, I, I, I didn't even realize that till the other day. I've read that Bible a lot of times, and it hadn't even rained when he built that ark. And, and, and what happened was is we, we, we look at these things in retrospect, but yet it's like, wow, that is really awesome. Oral Roberts walking in a field in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, and he hears the Lord say to him in, in, in his spirit, I want you to build me a university. And he goes to the people who own the land, and they say, we're not going to sell the land. And he said, but God said. Everybody said, God said. Turn to your neighbor and say, God said. And now there's an Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma that has reached the world since 1964. Uh, can I do something? You can do anything you Heather, want. Heather, would you go get my black Bible cover? It, and I need that. It's got all my stuff in it. It's on my desk. Because I, wa- I want to share something. Okay, so we fill the time? Or yeah, go ahead. Sing? Keep going. Let me see. Okay, I'll just... No, no, I will. I I, want to read to you James 1.8, because this is important. By the way, the commencement speaker at Oral Roberts University this year was Michelle Bachman. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know who she is. A lot of people do. She's a very conservative lady, representative representative from the state of Minnesota, been very active in Christians United for Israel, and is a spirit-filled, turned-on, tongue-talking representative in the House of Representatives, and we need to pray for that lady. Also a graduate at ORU's uh, first law school Mm -hmm. class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought Mm -hmm. I said that. Did Did you? Didn't I say she was a graduate of Oral Roberts University? I didn't. You, you did hear it, and he didn't. Okay. Just the difference of uh, speakers here or something. That was my listening skills again, not working. Okay, I want to share this. What, because, what are we doing? Um, when, when I was talking about that thought process, and I just feel like the Holy Spirit, uh, I want some, I, I'm going to show you this because I think it would help you understand thoughts. Um, but when, when I had the thought for Pam Evie, something good is going to happen to you and then I I went to look for it to be sure I had the lyrics to all of that I just felt to do that then I ended up with brother Roberts and then he was speaking now how many of you have asked God to tell you something and you you know you you're waiting for God to answer but you know you don't hear anything uh, don't sit around and meditate on that all day long keep going and doing what you're supposed to do because God will show up and give you the answer and so I'm just listening to that and um and I was as I was writing, I began to write what he was preaching. Didn't intend to listen to him, you know, but he talked about miracles. Everybody say miracles. And uh, I don't know, some of you weren't even here at the first of the year, but God really gave me a word back in December. And it was from Matthew 14 that we would go through a mid-course correction for multiplication. Gave me Matthew 14 and said, when you get to the other side, everybody say the other side, it'll be like Matthew 14, that when they got off the boat, you know the boat story about Peter when he walked on the water and then had to get back in the boat because he was sinking. Uh, At the end of that, it says, and when they landed, multitudes, everybody say multitudes, came for the miracles. And, and Jesus did many miracles. And the Lord said to me, when you get through this and you get on the other side, the miracles will be there. The multitudes will be there. And so how, how many of you have ever heard there was a movie that said, are we there yet? 
you know, there was a movie like that. Are we there yet? A few times I've said to the Lord, are, are we there yet? And he's told me, no, there's going to be more of these things happen. These things are going to happen, these things. And sure enough, they, they happen just like, how many of you know God will tell you something's going to happen even if you don't like what you're told? Is going to happen, happens. But at least you know God told you it's going to happen. And uh, I've heard people try to rebuke, and I heard Joyce Meyer say once, you know, some people are trying to rebuke what God's doing, and it's God doing it, and they're just, their rebuker, their rebuker isn't going to work. Because God is using those things to bring about what he's trying to bring about. And so I was, I was just listening. He talked about blind Bartimaeus, and, and he, would, he just was so into his message. Uh, I, just, I have a great respect for Oral Roberts. I worked there in 1979 for a year. And uh, I, I, I knew the man from Victory when we were there. I worked with Pastor Billy Joe with him. And, and when you would look in his eyes, I've never seen eyes that look like Brother Roberts' eyes. They, it was like he looked right through you. I mean, it, he was a very sincere committed man of God. Anyway, and I, I saw him listening and um, he was, he started telling about this having to be ready to grab those miracles, you know? And so I'm just listening. And he told the story about this little boy and he said uh, that this family was having a family dinner. They decided to, to for some reason, record the dinner. And at, at the end of the dinner, they went back and listened to the recording. And in the, in the dinner time, this little boy said, please pass the butter. And then he, nobody paid attention. And then he said again, please pass the butter. And nobody paid any attention. He did it again, a little louder. Please pass the butter. And nobody heard him. And so he was a little guy, jumped up on his chair and said, please pass the butter. And his dad said, go to your room. We don't act like that in front of company. But later when they listened to the recording, they heard that little voice four, three times say, please pass the butter. And he said, this is what he said, and I wrote it down. And, and afterward, I said, are you telling me something? And this is what I heard. He said, it's time to pass the butter. And instantly, God said to me, it's time for the miracles. Oh, gives me chills. Now, everybody say thoughts. See, that's how God speaks. If you want to know how God speaks, it's not you're sitting there saying, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Tell me, I want to know, and praying over and over every day. Are you going to tell me? Are you going to tell me? No, he does it, he does it like that. He, he gets a hold of your heart, and he starts leading you down a path. And then when I heard it, it all I heard was, uh, he said, it's time to pass the butter. And then he said, uh, and I said, is that you, Lord, saying it's time to land on the shore? Why? Because he's been saying to me since last year, we're going to the other side. And when you get there, there'll be miracles. And for some reason, when Brother Robert said, it's time to pass the butter, I heard it. And then he said, it's time for the miracles. And I believe that. I believe that. Turn your eyes over. That's how God speaks. And so that's why I say, you know, you can sit and think all day. I could have sat there and thought, well, what, why did those people let Pam Evie go? She's a great employee. I could have been thinking all kinds of thoughts. But when you get your thoughts going where God's thoughts are going, that's when God can begin to speak truth. And I know God had me say to Pam Evie, something good is going to happen to you. I wasn't thinking about that song. I just was typing her a little encouragement word and in my phone. And that's what came to my mind. And from there, God took me on this trail. And I wasn't sitting there saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Although I've had that thought before, but not today. But 
When God's ready, he speaks. Everybody say, he will speak. He will speak. And see, by the Spirit, it will quicken something in you. Like, please pass the butter. And when that quickens inside you, that, that opens the spirit realm to you to receive what God is trying to show you in that thing. And in James chapter 1-8, it, it basically sums up when it's accounted all joy, and if you need wisdom, let them ask. And then it says that, that but a double-minded man, in other words, when you're, when you're receiving from God, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. When you are entertaining conflicting thoughts, all of us have, so turn to your neighbor and say, we have done it. We have done it. When you're entertaining conflicting thoughts, you are unstable. That's why sometimes a person might, maybe on a Monday, it's like, hey, everything's great. And on Tuesday, it's like, whoa, where did that person go? Their mind has started to get conflicted because they're taking something that should be an established thought. And instead of meditating and living in that arena, they're entertaining random thoughts that are trying to come and steal the word of God. That's why the scripture is so important in First Peter that says, that first Peter five eight, the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. He's trying to get your thought life and rip apart what God has put in there based on the Word of God and what He's shown you. And we are going from glory to glory. We're going from miracle to miracle. And what will happen is it'll almost seem like a, a, a two different separate roads here, but they're one and the same. One road is the end times of what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and Marth, Matthew 24 and all of the things that are going to be coming as we approach the in time. And the other is we're going from glory to glory. We are going to be blessed in everything that we do. The blessings of God are going to come upon us and overtake us. Wait a minute. These two seem to be different things. No, they are a parallel track that we're going out on. But if we're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, our mind is going to be stable in everything, no matter what happens. Nothing catches God off guard. Nothing. God was not caught off guard when Pam Evie's job ended. God is not caught off guard when you see a mountain that didn't exist before and all of a sudden there it is because he already told you what to do about it. He said, speak to the mountain, don't describe the mountain, speak to the mountain, cast into the sea, and that if you don't doubt in your heart that you will have that mountain removed in your life. And those miracles are there for us today, honey, every single day of the year if we will make sure that we are going to be established in what God wants us to be established in. That is the Word of God and the leading of His Spirit. Amen. You know, and I brought my phone up here because I wanted to read the Amplified. I thought we were going to call somebody. No. For being as he is a man of two minds. How many of you know people that have two minds? Mm, I knew somebody. I'm not talking about right, left brain. I'm talking about two complete different. Uh, hesitating, dubious, irresolute. He is unstable, unreliable, and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. Turn to your neighbor and say, that is not me. That is not what God has for us. He said, I've given you a, a, a mind that is sound, a powerful mind, a mind that thinks on good things and not on evil things. I forgot. Yeah. So, so let's all stand because I, I, I want to end this as we pray for you. I, I believe this is a, a critical message to embrace for the time frame that we're living in. We are going to go from glory to glory. But we are going to have to know, what did God say? That is our stability. 
And that takes discipline and that takes submission. Because when you're not here with the praise and worship team, you're not here with all of the people that love you and are surrounding you. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.